0: warning. This show is about tons of different things at this point. Mostly it's about trying to find answers to things, whether it's what the fuck was up with my dead drunk uncle or why murders don't get solved around here or why just everyone is an idiot. Anyway, I'm searching for answers. There will be foul language, legal drug use, and a lot of feminism and hostility. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Dead Drunk Uncle. This is your host Steph. Because again, my friends have lives and I don't. I have mostly a script here, so I should be able to stay on point again. And I'm working off of my super cool um, architect department office. It's my crafting desk. But I think I said before, I just like to sit here and pretend like I'm an architect for some reason. So, I have to go drop some plans as soon as I'm finished here. Now, before we get to our next MLM that I want to discuss today, I just wanted to follow up on some other, like, kind of local personal stuff. Uh, I don't know if this will be a whole, like, separate episode and I'll start doing, you know, these kind of things separately, or if this will just be the beginning. You know, we'll see. Tell me what you think, and I'll see what I think, and we'll work it out together. the fuck am I talking about okay so just a little bit of follow-up I think that our city council is actually full again so that's good to know that we actually have people there that's good I'm super excited about at least one of them because in my experience she's always been a good person even when no one was watching (laughs) this is how I judge this is it we um I used to do some community theater and in one of the shows that I did a long long time ago Um, One of our new council members was in that play when um, she was a child. It was like a billion years ago. So anyways, I just, I never forgot her from that because she was the only child who was consistently well-behaved. The rest of them drove me insane. So that always stuck with me. And that's a lot more than I can say about of a lot of people that I'm supposed to trust. So I feel good about it. I'm still pissed though that we're just not addressing the accusations or charges or settlements or whatever happened with sexual impropriety or harassment or whatever involving the previously appointed mayor and former former council member. They really just do seem to be letting this go and that's the end of that. But the good news is, (laughs) this is the good news. Uh, Gary Dick, I mean click, will have an opponent on the ballot in November. Yay! If you are in the 88th district of Ohio, and I think 88th is the right district the number, I'm not sure, I should probably check that, or at least for now because the gerrymandering is relentless (laughs) at this point in Ohio, Um, the Supreme Court is... (laughs) okay. Anyways, if you're in this district, in November, please vote for Diane Salvi. She will not block access to any affirming health care to trans youth the way that he will. I guess I don't know that for a fact, but you know, since she's running against him. Um, I also don't really think she's going to try and pretend to be a doctor and so pretend to know how to legislate health care. So that's a bonus. So she's not going to come in with her agenda from her church, like Pastor Dick, and you can also go ahead and read Pastor Dick's bill on experimenting. I can't believe he used the word experimenting. Oh, so gross. Um, anyways, on the Dead Drunk Uncle Facebook page, I do have, um, I don't know, the transcripts from that, whatever that he sent me that was not what I was supposed to be sent. I never got the other stuff. I'm sure I wrote that in here somewhere else anyways. And again, I didn't print out my script. So I'm going to lose my place 12 times. They, Oh, no, I did write it next. They never sent me the pretend abortion statistics that they promised or responded to my email questioning it. I sent them after that. Then I sent them an article about how homophobia is linked to low intelligence, and I explained that this article was a lot more scientific and had better evidence than the YouTube videos and such that they quoted as evidence in their to- testimony. They did not reply to that either. So enough people got angry and wrote in Diane Salvi, and now we have a way to get him out. I have no affiliation with her other than I support her for office just because he has to go. And all I need to know is that it's not him. Anyways, speaking of him, I have a personal story to share. Um, When I was in that office hours thing that I talked about in the last episode, and you know, it was him being a dick and his followers. You know they're being assholes and it it was just really triggering and i was going on about that like for days i was sick it 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 was so triggering i didn't even understand how or why or how deep or whatever and i know i've already bitched about all that but when i was sitting there being talking being talked to like that and even some of like the mannerisms he used i inside myself was back in the sixth grade sitting at my desk all over again. And if you don't remember me mentioning it in an earlier broadcast, my sixth grade teacher was a legal pedophile, meaning he was found guilty because he had a rape relationship with a 15-year-old. Parenthetically, people like to describe that as a sexual relationship, but I don't think a 40-something can have a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old student from their tennis team. I think that's more of a rape relationship. So he admitted it, and then he appealed it. And he won his appeal on a technicality because he was not in charge of her as her teacher when he was raping her. If you don't believe me, you can look it up. It's called in locus or something like that. And that's our judicial system. I'd like to say it's because it was you know, 30 years ago, but I doubt anything would change today. Well, anyways, that dick politician got me so pissed off. I decided I needed to investigate my own stuff a little more. Clearly, this was triggering me. So that teacher also touched my breast when I was in the sixth grade. So I didn't really have one, but whatever. There were witnesses. It happened when we made these t-shirt transfers in art class. Mine had a rainbow on it. The transfer was supposed to be on the back of the shirt, but I did something wrong and mine bled through to the front. And he had said something about how he liked how it came through the front and he traced along the rainbow across my left breast. I still feel the same way 33 years later when I think about it. I felt like my eyes popped out of my head and my jaw was on the floor. I remember thinking, why did you have to put this on me? because I knew that now I had to deal with that one stupid touch for the rest of my life and I didn't want to have to do that. I was angry and hurt and disgusted. I remember one of my friends said she didn't like the way he quote touched my tit because we were very grown up in the sixth grade and that's how we talked. I thought it was one particular friend who said that but I did contact her a while back and she doesn't remember that. Um, Of course 33 years ago I don't know Uh, so this fire that dick lit in me at this meeting thing really made me want to validate myself since no one else remembered you know the art project or the party at his house so um, I had always remembered besides that touch that this teacher had a year-end an end-of-year school party at his house for his students But none of my friends remembered it. (laughs) Well, or at least, you know, like the friends that I have been friends with on Facebook that I would have known back then, they didn't remember. The first person I found, oh, wait. (laughs) Well, the other day I found another childhood friend and she remembers the party. The first person I found who could remember, because I can't, and she kind of Just remembers that the party happened also I have vague memories of that of the party that something bad happened but I'm not really sure what I, I mean I I truly am not insinuating anything I don't know I just remember feeling like it was bad I have a couple flashes of being in the house alone and being outside and there was like a swing that was hanging from a tree but I think it looked like a porch swing I don't remember any abuse or anything but it's like i need to prove to myself that these memories that i have are real i know they are they're not new memories but somehow validating the facts in those memories even aside from anything else bad that might have happened just makes me feel so much better so with this friend that did remember having the party or being at the party but not really anything else about it We brainstormed and reached out to a few more kids that we remembered from then. And I found ultimately the other day four kids who remember the party. I'm not finding anything weird about the party per se from anyone else either, but now I know that it really happened. So why did this grown-ass man who was a teacher and a coach have a party for preteen kids at his home with his grown son. Exactly my point. Proving these facts is all the validation that I need. I asked all these friends if they remembered the t shirt incident, or at least making the t shirts in art class. And folks, the other day I found a friend who remembers that we made the shirts. She wasn't in my same class, we had separate classrooms, but She didn't see the touch, but she did remember making the shirts, and that was the first time I ever had that validation. I can't tell you how good that makes me feel. I spent a lot of my childhood being told that I made up things that I knew I didn't make up, and being told that I lied about everything, no matter what. So, you know, no matter what, that'll do a little damage to your confidence, and will ensure that you won't report things Um, as an adult. Sorry, this is, I'm, I have my script here and I'm fine. So do me a favor and please don't, kill, don't call kids liars if you can ever help it. The unintended consequences are massive. And also, all the people I contacted about this, even if they didn't remember any specific things about that party or the art class or anything, They still remembered he was a creepy old man and they were not a bit surprised that he did it. And that's coming from people who experienced him as a teacher when they were about the age of 11 to 12. We all knew he was a perv at 11 to 12 years old from having him as our teacher. We talked about it all the time. No one did anything. It was okay for the teachers to ogle us if they wanted We were just meant to deal with it and suck it up because that's how the real world works. You can't control the pervs, so I guess you just have to learn from them. Okay, I can't write about that piece of shit anymore, but I had to update everyone on the validation part. Also because I want to make sure I'm full of gratitude for that validation. I need to work on my gratitude, and this is a big one. But anyway, (laughs) I started this podcast to work through and process a lot of that emotional trauma and shit from the piece of shit uncle, and an an unintended bonus was working through some more trauma, so since it's helped, I want to keep sharing. My therapist thinks I'm really doing well, so I guess I should keep at it. (laughs) One more thing before we move on to the (laughs) emblems. There has been, in my opinion, a bit of a reckoning in the true crime world. I first got into podcasts, listening to podcasts, because of my favorite murder. It was the only podcast I listened to for years. I love the show. Honestly, I still do, okay? I I am ashamed that I do, but I do. I try to give people room to grow because I know I'm a real moron sometimes, and coming from rural Midwest America, I know I need some grace and understanding to do better sometimes because of my ignorance. I try to learn and grow so that I don't need people to leave me space because no one owes that to me or to educate me, but that's on me. But there are just going to be times that I'm not gonna get it, and I hope that I can give people the space that I may need myself. But I'm finding it really hard to do that in this case. (laughs) Early in um, this podcast dead Drunk Uncle, Not this episode, but earlier on the podcast. I mentioned, um, on an episode with Tessa, I believe, um, I mentioned Billy Jensen from the Murder Squad podcast. He was one of the people I had reached out to for help in investigating my uncle as the I-70 killer. You know, when I was like, I just need some fucking help. I am going to email everyone. And I did. And I did get some helpful replies, and that was great. And so Billy himself replied, and I was delighted. Uh, Like I said, I was disappointed it wasn't Paul Holes. But I just... That was my little joke, okay. (laughs) Then the murder squad did an episode on I-70 like a month later or something. I had told him I thought it was going to be solved soon in my email. (laughs) He likes to tie his wagon to almost solved cases. It's kind of a thing. Anyway, Billy replied and I was delighted and then, oh, I already read that part. (laughs) I was perturbed that they did an episode after I had suggested it without any reply to me or to the initial email or any other messages or DMs after that. Uh, I thought, you know, I shouldn't be bothered because this podcast, my podcast, is nothing anyone (laughs) would want or need to steal ideas from. (laughs) And I really just want to help get it solved if I can, whether it's Dead Drunk Uncle or not. So a big show like that, getting more attention for it is great. And then Murder Squad got canceled. And then we started to find out the real irony was Billy himself. I say that because his fucking, his tagline on the show was always, don't be an irony. Fucking God, he fucking tried so hard to be catchy all the time. Make up a catchy tagline or a catchy nickname for himself. That's kind of when I knew he was a weirdo when he was trying to make a nickname for himself. Okay, anyway. These are my opinions, only opinions. I'm just going to uh, let that don't be an irony sit there <laughs> and see if I can figure out the sound effects in, ed- in the editing, because that is rich. Turns out he was joining all of these, my favorite murder offshoot groups on social media and then sliding into lots of DMS as well as inappropriate advances and harassment. The accusations involve other employees at Exactly Right Media, which is their um, podcast network, Karen and George's from My Favorite Murder. You know, they, they sold to Amazon and Wondery, so I'm not sure the logistics of that, but I mean, you know, it's their network. And in the accusations, they say the network was made aware and still made the accuser work with the accused while they figured it out. And there's plenty more, but I don't want to make this about that. I want it to be about believing women, believing survivors, making safe workplaces, not giving quote allies the power to manipulate victims for their own gross benefit. I also realize now that Paul Holes isn't the hero I've made him out to be in my mind. I suggest you go on Reddit if you want to investigate any of this stuff more. You can get on there and you'll look up and it's a week later and you haven't eaten or slept because there's a lot. So the bottom line is that Exactly Right removed the show um, Murder Squad. They canceled it, just said it was over, no statement at all. I understand that they're probably non-disclosure agreements, but I'm sure their team of lawyers could come up with something that they could say legally to at least acknowledge it. But it's been crickets over there. I'm mostly surprised because this is something they would be so pissed about. They were duped by Billy too. Or at least, <laughs> we're assuming, I mean, no, they had a big responsibility in that relationship and bringing him into their network that they clearly, things got ignored or missed, you know, uh, but I can still appreciate that on a personal level, they must feel tricked or hurt. I mean, I don't want to hear about that because that's not what matters, but I can certainly appreciate it. Uh Oh, Oh, that's all I said about that. (laughs) Okay, I guess I didn't finish that section. You guys, wait and. So, like I said, I don't want to hear about how their feelings might be hurt, but I can appreciate that they probably were. And it's just extremely disappointing that this is the way it's playing out. They're really, you know, I don't have much more to say about it other than there's plenty of stuff online to look up if you want more information about it. I mean you can ask me and I can share you whatever um, links also but let's go ahead and leave that there and move on to the wonderful world of scams and cults and by that I mean MLMs now you know I think everything is a cult and everything is a scam so I wonder what she's gonna talk about today today is unique My dog is losing her mind over there because I'm not sitting next to her probably. (laughs) Okay, so to start off, I wanted to explain some kind of beginnings of pyramid schemes. It helps to understand some of that basic structure to be able to see more clearly what the MLMs are as pyramid schemes. Part of it is making a thing that's not real and then using all this fake jargon and stuff so everyone's part of the thing. They hear each other using the same language and all feel connected and part of the thing. So I'm gonna give kind of an overview of a couple of excellent explanations. One of them's like an article for Wikipedia, but whatever. I don't claim to be the news here, people. So let me get here, the Wikipedia article about the airplane game. And there's an article, oh, I forget. In here, sorry. from 1987. It was like so many pop-ups came up. It was obnoxious. I wasn't going to try and go through that anymore. But, you know, that's an article from 1987 when this happened. And there's a quote from like a sheriff's deputy or something who says about the the people who lost money. I don't feel sorry for them one bit. Nobody twisted their arms. 100% greed. Those are things that he said. To the press about the people he is supposed to be protecting. You know, they didn't understand it was a scheme, or they did, and they did something wrong, but I don't know that that's the best <laughs> way to look at shit. Seems kind of fucked up. Okay, sorry. I moved away from my script, and you know what happens when I do that? Words just start falling out of my face. Okay, so I want to go to this airplane game, because I think it gives a good basic description that kind of, it just helps you understand it better. And to be perfectly honest, when they talked about some kind of MLM or something on an episode of My Favorite Murder, that's the first time I heard about the the airplane game. So I imagine I'm probably not the only person in the world who hadn't heard of it before that. So let me explain as per Wikipedia. <laughs> So it was a style of pyramid scheme in the 1980s, first active in North America and then Western Europe. The common version of the system involves joining an airplane. You pay the, quote, pilot to become one of eight passengers on the plane. Okay. So the passengers who started at the... Picture it as a pyramid, right? Okay. (laughs) So the passengers who started at the fourth step paid to join. The people above that did not. So already on the airplane were four flight attendants who were a step ahead, two co-pilots who were next in line behind the pilot. Once the pilot collected $12,000 from the passengers, then he had to retire and that group split into two airplanes. So then there's two separate pyramids. You can separate, change the word airplane to pyramid, (laughs) except then it doesn't make sense with like passengers and shit. Okay. So they split into the two airplanes, and each co-pilot becomes the new pilot of the new plane. And then they take half of the participants, you know, like I said, it split into two separate pyramids then, and promoted everyone up a level. Bringing in a new passenger, or bringing in new passengers, sped up everyone's progression towards retiring as a pilot. So like you had to give your money until you it was your turn to be the pilot and then you got the money until you got $12,000. And you could keep going through the cycle, I guess plenty of times, but the thing is you need to follow it all the way through and do the math. The structure of the scheme results in a participant losing the entire payment unless 14 new participants join. So (laughs) the scheme has spread from New York to Texas, to California, then South Florida by early 1987. And that's where that article is from 1987 in Florida Um, with police raiding meetings in all four states so like these people would have these meetings I guess that's where they would exchange the money and that was their airplane party sound familiar (laughs) like all the parties or online parties but it's always a party Um, so common versions at the time required passengers pay fifteen hundred dollars and then that's where you'll receive 12,000 when you get to be the pilot. Now some airplanes would be run. It says with $5,000 passengers, so then a $40,000 pilot payout. Um, they have some different names that the scheme has gone by. It says it resurfaced in 2020, conducted over Instagram and other social media platforms going by a variety of names, including Blessing Loom, the Loom Game, Wheel something Uh, gift of legacy and prosperity grid in South Africa on the 14th of June 2022 after receiving several complaints from the public South Africa's financial sector conduct authority released an official warning to the public regarding the prosperity grid because pyramid schemes fall outside of the jurisdiction of the FSCA, the matter has been referred to other relevant regulators and authorities so that's what that says (laughs) now it's also clear so the thing is it's the same basic thing when you're getting paid to bring people on even though they're selling things that just kind of muddies the waters enough to make it look legitimate but where the money is actually coming from is that upline So now that I made everything super clear by reading to you a story from Wikipedia, let's move on. Unique got its start in Utah. Shocking. By a brother and sister team ew. in 2012. Why is that weird? I don't know. It just says they started a company together, but that just, ew. I am so judgy today. So according to the Attorney General of Utah website, Utah is the fraud capital of the USA. And that is based on Ponzi scheme data that was compiled by the Florida Attorney General. They say that in their 10 year study, uh, investors, that was my chair, (laughs) investors in Utah lost over $1.5 billion over the 10 year study. So that's a lot of money to lose. There must be lots of money gained. What the fuck? So anyways, what does it take to get started in Unique? So I looked up some YouTube videos that would explain it. Because I wanted to see like how they actually say it. And they have... Oh, we're going to have to pause for my dog. So what does it take to get started in Unique? I looked up some YouTube videos to explain it. The videos are hilarious, you should watch. Not to make fun of the actual presenters, just the way they talk out of both sides of their mouths on the script and they don't quite realize it is very jarring to me. It makes me nervous and being nervous makes me giggle. So in the US, it's $99 to start to get your presenter kit. You earn unlimited free products in the first 60 days. That's what it said, I typed 30 but I'm pretty sure they said 60. I don't know what that means, but I want to earn money myself, not products. But okay, the $99 presenter kit is a $400 value, of course. But the video didn't say what the products are. I'm not sure, I don't think it's a secret, it's just the video didn't say, and whatever, it's a $99 (laughs) buy-in. And it says in the video, there are no strings attached, no requirements, except for the $99 presenter kit. And except that you have to sell $125 a product every three months. And I understand, in the scheme of things, that's not like unreasonable goals or anything, but it's certainly not no strings attached or no requirements. That's the shit that sets off the alarm bells for me. There are no fees or anything, and no, there's no fees for anything, and no auto ship. Is what they say but if you look at the Better Business Bureau website I would question that because that shows 31 complaints and several are about recurring charges so maybe that was an accidental string attached instead of an auto shipment I don't know so as I'm listening to these YouTube videos I am struck by all that special jargon they use with their color levels sponsor and presenter coaching and promises of making so many besties it's like a cult to me (laughs) and the kind of stupid corporate shit the dumb companies think makes their employees feel good but it actually makes them feel like i'm in a fucking cult you turds i also saw a video where they shared a post about a woman who worked for unique for seven years was very successful their top level presenter and she started her own company for collagen like a nutrition company so like collagen edibles i guess i don't really know a lot about taking collagen Uh, then unique made their own collagen product and they told her that she had to quit her company or they'd cancel her account yep (laughs) and she couldn't just like transfer it to her husband they said no one in your home can run it like no one else in your home can run another mlm or something too Uh, seems pretty shady for me to me (laughs) for an after the fact kind of thing but you know i think everything's shady so they do have to brag that you get paid your commission within three and a half hours of your sale. They put the money on your purple debit card. That's also how they cut you off when they think you're working for a competitor or something. From They cut off your card and you can't get any more commissions. They turn off your account. There do seem to be a lot of rules about not being able to work for any other MLMs, but I think that may just be certain levels of color in the presenters. I'm <laughs> not really sure how their levels work, but it sounded like they may be specific levels that you can't work another MLM. Not sure. It was as clear as I'm telling you now. <laughs> their main product seems to be their Moodstruck uh, mascara or like 3D lashes. It's called many things, I guess. It's the spider lashes mascara that you put the fibers on your eyelashes and then coats it with mascara. So it it definitely will build up your lashes and make them thicker and longer. There's lots of brands that have similar kinds of products. Um, So they have all kinds of makeup, but that was like their main, what seemed to be like their big gimmick thing. Well, they claimed the fibers in in the 3D thing were these special green tea fibers. I don't know why they were special, but they were supposed to be green tea. Turns out, they're just cheap nylon fibers. They settled a class action lawsuit for $3.25 million without admitting any guilt. After all the lawyers got paid, the class got paid about $136 each. So, it was a big win! From all accounts, (laughs) Unique does seem to be decent makeup. I've never tried any of it that I can remember. After I got tricked into going to a Mary Kay cult workshop in college, I got wise to MLMs and stayed the fuck away. (laughs) Previous to that, I had enjoyed Mary Kay. (laughs) Anyone being that deceptive just to get someone to come to a meeting is clearly not on the up and up. So I do hear good things about the product, I'm not here to trash the makeup. except. Except I don't think I like the mascara look myself, but I mean I have strong opinions about eyebrows too and I can keep them to myself because I know they don't matter to anyone. So I'm not attacking the product itself. It's the whole creating an upline and building your team and only making money if you bring those people in instead of being able to just sell the product and make the money. You have to keep bringing people in. Look, when I worked in cosmetics, I worked at a counter. I'm not trying to pretend I was an important person in the company. I got paid an hourly wage plus a commission on my sales plus gratis product a few times a year. Like we got these order forms with dollar limits and you could pick out whatever you wanted as long as it fell within that dollar amount. That was the best part of it. Anyway, it wasn't a lot of pay, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was like, I'm getting paid hourly. So of course I want big sales, but you can be sure I'm not making shit up to try to get you to buy more because my, check, my paycheck doesn't depend on me overselling. They take that commission back and you expose yourself as an asshole if you do that. But of course I want to show you everything you might like because you are coming to me to shop and ask me questions. So, of course, I want to make my sale as big as possible, but there's no incentive to be unethical about that. You know what I mean? Like, I I have no incentive to, like, make a bad sale and then someone hates me and then I lose my commission. That doesn't help. And so with that system, I liked it because, well, I mean, I liked it because I got paid even if no one would buy anything. But... There are going to be times when I'm just not going to push harder because I'm not going to be an asshole about it, right? And I didn't have to be forced to do that. Because, and the reason I say forced is because there was another um, department store in the same mall that I worked at. I almost started working there, where they were commission only. And not only that, you couldn't just accept a small paycheck if you didn't sell a lot. You get fired if you don't sell enough and it was very strict and people like got in fights over sales and I'm telling you guys there is no moisturizer that is worth that shit there's no gift with purchase that makes that any good okay sorry I got lost so you would think that the Better Business Bureau might have a low score for them nope they give them an A+, plus, which is weird because their rating is 1.3 out of 5 stars on the reviews on the Better Business Bureau. So I guess Unique seems to jump through enough hoops uh, with the complaints to satisfy the Better Business Bureau, and that's good enough for the Better Business Bureau. I say that BBB stands for Boo, Boo, Boo. <laughs> I was a little higher than I am now when I uh, typed this. So in conclusion, my dear best friends out there in podcast land, please proceed with caution if you must proceed with MLMs. It's hard if they have decent products because of course you wanna help your friends and use products you like, but the success of your friends depends on the failure of several other passengers on the airplane. And that feels really gross to me. It's like that Twilight Zone episode that's like you press the button and a stranger somewhere dies, but you get everything you've ever wanted, or something like that. So after toiling it for, toiling over it for a while, you decide that you really deserve everything you've ever wanted, and you're right, you do. So you press the button, and then somewhere a mysterious oh, somewhere a mysterious stranger dies, and then whoever the mysterious stranger was that gave you the box in the first place comes back to get the box to take to the next contestant. Uh Uh-oh. So MLMs are the real-life equivalent of that episode of The Twilight Zone. And I think, didn't Justin Timberlake try to make that into a movie a long time ago or some shit? I don't know, but it feels like that happened and the movie kind of sucked. Kind of like how the book Hearts in Atlantis is amazing, but the movie, even with Anthony Hopkins, just really... I I typed fell flat, but it it fucking sucked is what I thought. (laughs) so at this point I will take my leave I would like to thank you so much your support is life-changing I typed that but I honestly mean it like this is just a a fun little podcast to help me and to actually get people who enjoy it and have fun with it and um, I mean especially if you think I'm funny then I really love you extra But it really has helped me a ton. I don't know where I would be without you guys as part of my therapy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next time at Dead Drunk Uncle.